Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman & Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. I really am glad that you're able to join me this week. Alrighty, so my motivational quote today is by one of my all-time great motivators, and that would be Wayne Dyer. And his quote says, Successful people make money. It's not that people who make it's not that people who make money become successful, but successful people attract money. They bring success to what they do. Does your budget balance every month? Or does it always seem that money is flowing out of the checkbook much greater, much quicker than the flow of the stream of money coming in? Is it because maybe you're spending too much money or is it really because the cost of li- living just seems to increase at a quicker pace than what our, actual, what our salaries actually do? If you're like most people, the reality is our salaries probably aren't keeping up with inflation. So what the heck do we do? Is there an answer as to how we can not only make ends meet, but actually be able to put some extra money away for a rainy day, or I think more importantly, for emergencies? Do you like the sound of having some extra money floating around? I know I do. Well, today you're in store for an amazing story and opportunity for creating a secondary income stream, which may be just what the doctor ordered. Get ready as my guest, Matt Miller, shares his story of how he decided to take the leap of faith, open a vending machine business with results that go beyond outstanding. Matt actually started his career as an Air Force pilot and advertising executive, and in 2007, he started his franchise company, School Spirit Vending. Um, School Spirit Vending has raised over $4 million for education since inception. So SSV provides a proven and profitable business system for professionals looking to develop that secondary income stream. Matt is also the author, and he's giving away a free ebook to you guys today. It's called Live Your Dreams, The Top 10 Reasons Why You Should Need to Own a Vending Business. Matt, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. Hey, Connie. Thanks for having me on. This is awesome. Yeah, I, um, you know, before we started the show, I, I mentioned to you that I've been active in my kids' you know, schools over the years, and raising money for the schools is so critical for those extra little things that the regular school budget just can't allow. So I, I'm just so proud and, and really honored to have you on the show. Thanks. All right, so you know my first question has to be, how did a former Air Force pilot get into the vending business? Kind of counterintuitive. (laughs) You know, uh, you say that, but isn't, you know, Air Force pilot to advertising executive to vending? I mean, isn't that the path anybody would take? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Oh, man. Um, I went to the Air Force Academy, like you mentioned, graduated from there in 1989, was blessed to be a pilot for nine years. Uh, I loved what I did, but I learned along the way that I didn't like being told what to do, and Mm -hmm. that the military is a very demanding mistress. And being married, having a, uh, a new child at the time, just decided it was time to move on and do other things and thought that I could probably make more money and, and do some more some different things in the corporate world. So got out, worked in the hospital medical industry for a short period, and then 
for almost a decade worked as an advertising executive and learned that working for a uh, a public company, you know, the stockholders are the number one priority. It's not the employees. The rules were always changing. They were never in my favor. And there was a couple decisions made along the way that put my family into a huge hole financially that were completely out of my control. And just quite honestly got frustrated and wanted to take charge, you know, wanted to take more control because there was no way that I was going to be able to get out of the hole that those decisions put us in, um, knowing the compensation plan that was in place at the time. Well, initially we started collecting aluminum cans. Uh, we had a, a used book business online through Amazon and on and Libris and half.com for a couple of years. My, my garage looked like a library there for a while with aisles and aisles of books. Um, I mean, I'm one of those guys, our, our car has never been in a garage. <laughs> it, it, the, spa- the space is, the space is far too valuable for other yeah. things. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, but around that time, I was really successful in the book business, but I got frustrated because I was, you know, packaging up 60, 70 books a day, and it wasn't really something that I could take a break from, and it just got to be a pain after a while. I wasn't at a place where I could hire somebody to do it, and so just decided to slowly phase that out. I had also read Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and Mm -hmm. bought into his whole idea of passive income. So when a good buddy of mine mentioned gumball machines that he and his young daughters had bought, and they were, you know, had started a little business together, I was like, man, that sounds like a great idea. Now, a quarter isn't a lot of money, and it was going to take a heck of a lot of gumballs to get us out of the bad place we were in. But the beauty is the machines do all the selling. So once the machine is acquired and the gumballs are put in it, you find a location. And then I was able to continue my advertising career for years as the vending business was kind of put together on the side and taught myself vending, got my first gumball machine for 39 bucks on eBay in Houston, um, where we lived at the time. Built up about a 125-location route on the north side of Houston, and then 07 and 08 hit. The market tanked. You know, the economy tanked. There was less and less people frequenting the businesses that um, I had equipment in, and I was frustrated because of the drop-off of revenue. And right around that time, I had four young kids come knocking on my door selling me stuff for local school fundraisers and thought it was odd them coming to strangers' houses to raise money without their parents. And that's where the kind of aha moment came about. And I was like, maybe I need to tie this, what I do in vending into the schools, get kids off the street and also stabilize revenue um, for ourselves and, and for, for my family. So that's where school spirit vending came about was out of necessity really um, at the time. You know, you said just some really critical things um, during just what you explained to us, which, by the way, kudos, man, for sticking it out and keeping your mind clear enough to think creatively. Um, I giggled with the garage that your car is never in the garage. That's valuable real estate. So certainly to run a business out of your garage, how many times have we heard that? Um, No joke. You know, you did it. So that's number one, that use the space you have 
uh, to, to perhaps start a second business. Second thing is, you know, eBay, 39 bucks to get started. You were on a tight budget, and yet you expanded a little bit out of time while you were still working full time. So again, it's not like you just said, oh, I'm frustrated with this, you know, with the advertising business. I'm going into business for myself. You weren't that reckless, especially because you had a family depending on you. So again, I know when people say, oh, I'm tired of working for someone. I'm going to open my own business. Beautiful. Think, though, get all your ducks in a row before you pull the trigger and let go of that stable income. So you kind of, you know, used your head with that as well. And then the last thing you said that really struck me is, and it goes back to Wayne Dyer's, I, I think, quote, is that successful people, let me say exactly how he, successful people attract money, I think because they're open to the ideas or opportunities that come knocking and seeing them. So when these kids came knocking on your door as a dad, you're thinking, holy moly, these kids are coming out alone. Like, you know, you don't know who's always behind the closed door. So the parental mind in you is, it was a little uncomfortable with that. But then the second piece is, hey, wait a minute. If I can take what I'm doing and add to the value, again, of, of the school spirit and, and raising funds for the school, it's a win-win and I'm giving back at the same time. So you saw opportunity where kids were just knocking on your door. So did that, do you, does that make sense what I just said? And, and is that kind of what was going on in your head, that aha moment for you? Yeah, definitely. You know, success is where opportunity and preparedness meet. Great. And, uh, you know, my preparedness was learning gumballs to begin with, which most people that I knew and probably a lot of people in their audience are completely looking down their nose at that idea right now as we talk about it. Sure. But here's the thing. I wasn't too proud, and my goal was to get free not to be a slave to somebody else the rest of my life, 40, 50, 60 hours a week, and, and have them tell me what I was worth. And so even though it is counterintuitive, and even though they're only a quarter, here, here's a newsflash, guys. The markup on a gumball is 1,000%. <laughs> I mean, you Crazy. can go a long way on a margin like that. Yeah. And like, I, like you said, and like I said, the beauty is I didn't have to choose between the two. I continued my career, sucked it up, and dealt with the, the negative and the issues that were there because I, I'd be a fool to jump off and just, you know, sink or swim. I right. mean, that's, that's, talk about irresponsible. Yeah. So I sucked it up for a long time, wishing that I was out on my own, but knowing it wasn't the right move. Yeah. Now, and I have another question for you. Knowing that the advertising agency or the advertising, you know, uh, job wasn't your end game, that you had this other end game in place to, to create that freedom and not to be dictated as to this is what you're worth, right? This is your income. This is what you're worth. Did that, once you made that shift in your mind to say, yeah, that's my end game. This is a means to an end. Did that reduce stress at all? I'm just curious. Yeah, for sure. And it also, it also gave me focus. And every time there was nonsense going on at work, I kind of, you know, laugh into myself in the background because, um, cause I knew that I wasn't going to be there forever. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of my fellow, uh, compatriots there are still working there. In yeah. fact, I ran into one of them 
at the airport here not long ago, and I'm sure she was wondering, well, what the heck are you doing running around at the airport? <laughs> I was actually going to visit my son and and hanging out for several days while she was, you know, back and forth between corporate headquarters and, and Houston. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, yeah, I yeah. mean, having, having an a in-game. purpose, yeah. being focused, and not letting anything detra- distract you along the way. And motivate, and and when the nonsense happens, right? You you were smiling to yourself, but that motivated you to do that much more, or put that much more effort into the business on the side. So it was almost a catalyst for you, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, to yeah. give you an idea, Connie, that that when I put my two weeks notice in, we had our sales meeting that we had every couple of weeks on Monday. The meeting was over, and I just said to my boss, "Hey, can I have a couple minutes of your time?" He had no idea it was coming. Nobody mm-hmm. in the office had any clue what I was doing. I was a top performer in the office just like I was day one, even on the last day. In fact, he came to me and he said, Matt, he said, I, I think you're, don't you think you're going through a midlife crisis or something? <laughs> why, why, don't I give you, why don't I give you a three-month sabbatical so you can get your head straight and then come back and we'll go from there? Uh, he, he didn't want to lose me because I had done such a good job for him, but I was like, you know what, Eric, sorry, it's fine. Yeah, it's I, fine. I can't, I've, I'm gone. Yeah. And, um, never looked back, thankfully. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, what made you transition from the traditional, you know, you were doing the gumball machines in the different locations. What made you shift from that to the school fundraising? Just that moment of the kids, but how did you shift the business? Well, I kept my business in, in restaurants and, local businesses for years after I started SSD because no one had ever done what we set out to do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, because I came from a print advertising background, it just made sense for us to do custom stickers for the schools with their mascots and all that. And once we found out that the schools had a need to raise money and that they loved our idea, then it was just a matter of, um, of getting after it and, and figuring out how to get the word out to them and drum up business. And it took a while, uh, made a lot of stupid mistakes along the way, but we learned from each and every one of them. And before long, it wasn't just me. I had some other folks that I knew that started getting wind of what I was doing and they were like, Hey, we'd really like to do that too. And so we initially started as a distributorship model with a licensing agreement and um, then, of course, became a franchise here a couple of years ago and um, on a much more formal level with the ability to expand all over the U.S. and in other countries. So um, it, it's been a wild ride, but, I mean, it has been a slow, steady process. You know, we've been doing this over almost a decade now. That's remarkable. And the the vending, the school spirit vending, so you, your franchise, you have the business model, you have the process, and you show how how and why it's profitable then. Am I understanding that correctly? You kind of made your system. Correct. Little did I know, being that I was a former pilot, you know, we, we live our life in the cockpit with, with checklists. So I was really good at putting checklists together and essentially systems together, even though I didn't realize it at the time that I was laying a foundation to become a franchise. And so 
when we got to the point where we had kind of stagnated on our, our business team's growth, I had hired a coach and, um, guy by the name of Aaron Walker. And he said, he, um, he and I, you know, bounce some ideas off each other or whatever. And then I went to my attorney and the attorney came back and said, Matt, you know, the franchise is the way to go. It'll allow you to do business in a bunch of other States that you're not in legally, um, right now. Um, because of how strict some of their, you know, business opportunity laws and that type of thing are. And even though we weren't prepared for it financially, um, you know, we had to borrow some money and, and leverage, uh, you know, in order to make all that happen. You know, we're coming up on two years since we, we started that process and the transition has been absolutely incredible. That's awesome. And, and you're giving back to the schools, which has to feel good. Oh, yeah. We've raised over $4 million for schools in the last decade. That's crazy. Um, yeah. It's good. It's all good. That's, that's the point. It's all good. And we have to take a break, but I just want to comment. I giggled. Don't you love when you have a transferable skill, like for you, the checklist, right, that you would do as an Air Force pilot. You, you, it was innate, right? That's, that's how you're wired. That's how you were trained. And now all of a sudden you start doing it because it's natural to you, right? It's that innate kind of uh, motor. And then you look and you go, holy crap, look what I just did. I just love when those transferable skills kind of rear their ugly head in such a great way to say look at what you created and you, sometimes we don't even realize we've created it because those transferable skills that we've gained over our lifetime is so usable so that's why I, I love when people leave a job or they start on their out on their own or they get laid off um, and they think what am I going to do and I, I always say to them well just because you got laid off doesn't mean all of those skills that you used every day is gone <laughs> you still have them <laughs> so how can you utilize them and, and leverage them and parlay them into a business, new job, whatever it is they're looking for. So I just love that when I hear a story where a transferable skill is like, look at me, look at me, because you don't even realize you're doing it. That is just so cool to me. So neat. That's just neat. Let's take a That's quick awesome. break. Yeah, I know, right? I just love that. And as we age, those skills kind of go, hello, I'm here. So I just, I love that. Uh, let's take a quick break, Matt. And then when we come back, I know that family, you know, you talked about family and, and kind of being the purpose of why you did all of this. So I just want to shift over and talk about that and the culture of um, your business now in the franchise. Okay, so quick break. It's a shame when you're feeling stuck in your business and you feel like you have nowhere to turn. It's a shame when you slog through long days in your business and you don't get any return. It's a shame when you feel like you can't see the forest for the trees and your business brings you to your knees. Einstein said repeating the same actions over and over won't produce different results. So stop feeling ashamed. Your business and you deserve better. Change that shame into righteous fame. Connie Whitman can tame that shame. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates will help you to discover your new path, and nothing will ever be the same. Connie's tried and true one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions will tame that shame so you and your business will not continue in vain. Call Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates today at 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Call Connie. Turn that shame into your game. 
We're back. We're speaking with Matt Miller's school spirit vending and how the road has shifted for him. And now not only is he making a wonderful living, he's all over the world, but he also gives back to the local schools, which I think is just beyond cool. So now you talk a lot about family and that being the foundation of your business and its culture. Um, what, like, what do you mean by that? Or how, how has that resonated with you? Well, you know, I, being a pilot and being in the corporate world, it was me and then it was my family. And I got to hang out and see my family when I was at home, but otherwise I didn't. And they really weren't allowed to be part of what I did. And I get that um, in most environments. But when this thing started moving and shaking, I was like, you know what? We're starting this. We're going to model this in our image, not in the image of, of what I've been exposed to before. So we took all the things that we loved about the military and corporate world and kept them, but all the stuff that we hated, we got rid of them. <laughs> One of the things that I really hated was that, you know, detachment from family. And we learned really quickly that, you know, having a family business is a ideal learning opportunity for the kids in the household too, not just mom and dad. And since we were vending, since kids were primarily our customers, it made total sense for our kids to be involved. My son Zane is a, is a junior at Hillsdale College in Hillsdale, Michigan. He was our very first graphic designer at 10 years old. Um, I realized how design intensive the business was going to be with all the customization and how expensive it was. So I bought an iMac, bought the Adobe Suite, uh, hooked Zane up. He he spent two hours working in uh, a good buddy's uh, yard in exchange for two hours of training in Photoshop and Illustrator. And slowly but surely, he learned the skills, learned how to relate and deal with people, customer service, all those aspects to where he here he is 10 years later. Um, he was making, before he started college, uh, more money than many adults will make as as a high schooler just doing graphic design work. And um, since then, he's worked with a lot of other clients. He's done a ton of work on campus at his university. In fact, the head of external affairs at the university um, noticed a bunch of his work on campus, called him into the office, said, you're a sophomore. How did you learn how to do all this? He went on to tell them the story, and, and they hired him on the spot to work in the uh, in that office promoting Hillsdale around the globe um, because of his skill set that he's developed by just being part of mom and dad's business and, and helping out along the way. Um, so we encourage that with all of our families, and um, our goal is not just – for mom and dad to be successful entrepreneurially, but for the kids to learn entrepreneurship as well so that that next generation can be even be better prepared um, to take care of themselves and to weather the ups and downs of the economy and life um, by understanding and potentially owning their own business also. Now, what's your son? I'm just curious. What is your son majoring in? Uh, he's majoring in uh, political economy with a minor in, in graphic design. Perfect. Um, what, a, what a perfect combination. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty wild, but it's, it's been a real blessing um, to be able to do that. And now we're, you know, just shy of 100 families that are, you know, 
have are being encouraged to do the same thing in their household which is so cool and again it goes back to the quote by Wayne Dyer successful people attract money so here your son from the age of 10 work in creating developing skill right and probably along the right way it was fun for him to play on the Mac right not realizing that hey you know I'm, I could make money at this that was never the intent it's just I'm a kid I'm gonna get good at this my dad needs my help I'll make some extra cash on the side so I could go out with my friends and now you know his his college this external organization has hired him so he's generating yet even more income I mean what is what a great success story and really what you did is you encouraged or and even forced him to some extent I mean he could have said no right about doing the Mac and he said dad I'm so not into that no thanks but here the kid embraced it but you again opened the door for him to walk through to develop skills that will ultimately put money um, in his pocket so just what a great uh, perspective of abundance and and just great attitude I think it's a win-win all the way now funds for schools freedom for families change for kids that's your mission statement right share with right. us a bit about what you mean by freedom for families and change for kids I, well, by the way I like the, I like the change for kids the change in the vending I love did you do that on purpose <laughs> well you never know <laughs> I love it Go ahead. <laughs> The um, you know the freedom for families, Connie, is it just really gets back to them having the opportunity to take control financially, and whether it be one day you know own their own business exclusively and no longer be employed elsewhere, or whether it be just to have a secondary income stream that provides them a bunch of options, allows them to have more stability and security. Um, you know, to put a bunch of money away. You know, it's really kind of up to each franchise family how they see this and how they want to handle all of that. But that's that's the big thing. I mean, here I am today. Uh, I work really hard at what I do, but I have complete control over my schedule, and I didn't have that just a couple years ago. We live out in central Texas, Um about an hour and a half southwest of Fort Worth. I call it E-I-E-I-O. We've got <laughs> six acres. <laughs> We've got six acres of land. I love to garden. In fact, we're in the middle of planting our vegetable garden um, as we speak, as it's warming up. Uh, we raise some animals and, you know, get a chance to see the stars at night and don't have to worry about all the, the traffic and the noise that we did when we lived down in Houston in the city. Um, so that same opportunity for freedom for the families on our team as well. As far as change for kids, you know, initially this was just a business to make some money. Today, because of the size that we've gotten to, we're able to give back to the kids, not just to the schools. And what I mean by that is when I was growing up, I was motivated uh, and inspired to read and be become a lifelong reader by reading comic books at an early age. And, man, what better tie to working in schools than encouraging kids to read as well? So a couple of years ago, I found a couple of young guys out, uh, that graduated from Baylor University. One was an, a writer. One was an um, artist. They had done some graphic novels for the city of Waco, Texas at the time, and I was introduced to them, and I said, guys, I want to start a comic series. I want to begin to, um, you know, positively impact the kids that are our customers in our schools, 
And so initially we started out making these little four panel comics. Uh, the series is called Marlin and Percy. It's about a couple of apes that want to be superheroes. And initially the, the cardboard folder that the stickers get vended out of our machine in, in 99% of the vents across the country uh, is, is white. It's blank. Well, we print on that folder. And so what better place to start impacting the kids by printing content that was beneficial to them. So we started out with Marlon and Percy that way. Since then, we've created eight full-length comics, and we'll have ten by the end of the school year. We just published our first 200-page uh, children's chapter book called Marlon and Percy Beginnings. And I just got back from a trip to Fort Collins, Colorado last week where myself, Caleb, and Tyler, the artist and illustrator, um, went and, and, and essentially presented to 400 kids in three schools what we're doing, teaching them about entrepreneurship, about writing, about reading, and about art. And um, so that is becoming a springboard for us to accomplish a lot more in that whole change for kids mindset, um, you know, to, to be a positive influence on them where in many cases they don't have many positive influences in their life. What are some of the topics that you cover in the uh, full length cop comics and even on the little one page, the four, you know, the four section one, what are the topics that seem to resonate with the kids that you, you're getting good messages through? I mean, we're talking, you know, talking about friendship and loyalty and hard work and just a lot of basic principles, you know, that as a um, as an adult living in society uh, successfully are so, so important. And to do it in an indirect and fun way, the kids just have gone nuts over what we're doing. And um I mean, it's just cool for that just to be a byproduct of what we're doing, raising funds in the schools. I don't know exactly where that's all going to head, but it's it's my hope and prayer that, that we have a huge platform one day that we're able to um, have an even bigger impact as time goes on. There's just so much content out there today that is not kid appropriate. Absolutely. And as a, as a parent of three kids, even though they're older, I remember those days where I was really concerned with what they were getting a hold of. And our goal is to be that comic book and, and publishing company that um, mom and dad don't have to worry. Absolutely. Because we're, look, we're, we're looking out for the kids in everything that we produce. What are the administrators at these uh, different, the various schools that you're in, what is the response, again, to the vending, that, that number one, but the second part is to have you parlayed that into these comics to inspire children to read, write, and, and art, which are so fundamentally important. You know, it's, we're still early in that whole process. You know, for the last three years, Marlon and Percy have just showed up in our machines. And now, now, now we have some time and some resources to really go, you know, put full, the full court press on in, in relation to that side of things. And, um, you know, it's my passion project. I don't know if we'll ever make any money doing it, but, but the opportunity to, to be that positive influence and to be so much more than just a sticker machine that anybody could put in a location. Um, 
you know, is a really, really big deal for our business as a whole. And, you know, it, it's funny that you say that, you know, it, may, it might not make any money, but you're, it's a feel-good, right? This is your, your love, your passion and, and love to support kids and help them grow, you know, mind, body, spirit, the whole thing. But, you know, who knows? Maybe this will someday be profitable to the point where, you know, you give scholarships away to kids who would never have the opportunity to go to college. You know, you just, you really don't right. know because your, your heart's in the right place that something good is going to come from it. Who knows what that is? And you want to be open to, again, whatever the universe sends you. Or, again, you're open to those ideas. But it could be something really, really cool like scholarships or, um, you know, making kids become entrepreneurs and them running it. You you don't know. You know what I mean? You just don't know where it can go. Yeah. I mean, from scholarships to camps, I mean, yeah. there's all sure. kinds of stuff. Sure. We've, we've got another program that is really early in its infancy called Inspire a Kid, where we're beginning to put together, I don't know if you remember Paul Harvey on the radio years ago, it's kind of a Paul Harvey format, and we're asking kids across the country to to tell us stories of people or kids who are inspiring kids, and then we're going to build an entire platform on that as well that will be made available to the schools that we're in with the vending machine, but also has the ability to be made available um, for schools as another tool that they can use um, you know, to continue to to make a difference. Yeah, to teach the kids proper behavior and to be a good human, right, to, amongst other humans. So, so important. Yeah. And, and the propaganda out there, the media, everything they read, these games, the video games, it's violence and derogatory content. It's really, it's polluting. It's polluting them. It pollutes us. So I love when you have these just wholesome wonderful opportunities that are out there and then to share that with folks who are perhaps looking for a second stream of income or an end game so that they can leave like you left the the um, executive uh, position at the agency or advertising agency it, you know there's options out there so hearing success stories like yours that were driven out of necessity initially and now it's it's driven by passion uh, wow to me that's that's a beautiful success story because it's not about the money it is initially because we survive right we have to pay bills you had kids to go through college all of these things but as you live your dream it, it no longer becomes about the money and it becomes about these other underlying messages and and creating productive wonderful uh, children you know human beings to, to enter the workforce and contribute greater than just being drones that you know go to a nine-to-five job so I love, right. I love your Matt I just I love your story and I think the way your business evolved is is inspiring and I hope that uh, people check you out because it's amazing so Matt with that said uh, Matt's I'm going to give the website but uh, guys I know a lot of you listen to me on your way to work or home from work so I will post uh, Matt's website it's SSV which is school spirit vending so it's the initials SSV like Victor business Dot com, and also he's uh, given away that free ebook, Live Your Dreams: The Top Ten Reasons Why You Need to Own a Vending Business. So that might inspire you to say, "Hmm, let me investigate this." And that is same website, ssvbusiness.com/slash, and then it's A O F C. So Albert, Ophelia, Fred. 
Connie. So um, AOFC, I'll post that as well uh, so that they can uh, literally click. It'll take them and they can download the free gift. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, you guys, if you need to reach me or you want to share a story, uh, an inspiring story like Matt, and maybe you'll be a guest on the show, you can reach me at Connie at WhitmanAssos.com. And again, if I can help you in any way, grow your skills, etc., uh, please reach out to me. You know, I really am here to help, and I love, I love to hear feedback. So again, um, ssvbusiness.com and then ssvbusiness.com slash AOFC. Both will be posted on the Architect of Change website. Matt, thank you just so much for being such an inspiring uh, guest and just sharing such a cool, it's a cool story. I love it. Thanks, Connie. I appreciate the opportunity. God yeah. bless you. Yeah, pl just a pleasure uh, chatting with you. And uh, we had a couple of laughs, which I always love. So thank you. Thank you again. Um, I hope you guys will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves so we embrace change and realize that it's easier than we think. And yet, here's another alternative and perspective that Matt shared with us that might help you create the change in your life that you're looking for. Um, thanks again for joining me, Matt, and thank you all for joining me. You've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. Thanks, everyone. Have an inspired week, and check out that ebook. It might change your life. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I can't.